Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's continue this Combine Talk in headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. Brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, speaking of Bryce Young, I just said I thought my hypothesis is that Bryce Young is still at the top of the board for the Texans. I have no idea if that's true. That's just me looking at the uh, tea leaves and looking at Bryce Young and what he does well and how he did and what he accentuated in his session with the media. He was asked about the possibility of going to the Texans and meeting with them. What did Bryce Young have to say about that? Obviously, I love Mitch, love Sierras, um, but, you know, for me, I, you know, where I, where I end up is something I can't control. And I'm going to give my all to whatever team it is that, that takes me. Um, I'm just super excited to be here. Um, you know, it's, it's my dream to play in the NFL, and, and to be able to be here, whatever team I end up being taken by uh, is a blessing for me. My meeting with the Texans was, was great. You know, I was, I was super, super happy to be in that room. Um, again, it's amazing staff. And, you know, to be able to talk ball with them, um, you know, them, them ask me some questions and, and me to learn more about them, them to learn more about me. Um, it was a great environment. And, you know, again, just being in that room, um, you know, I, I got a lot of wisdom, so I'm, I'm super Super grateful for it. That was interesting. We again, we read that quote on Friday before we had the audio. We were Seth and I were on the air while these interviews were going on, so we didn't get to dig into any of the actual audio of these players saying these things. That was a common theme with the press conferences that I watched. Seth, I, I watched Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud from beginning to end. I watched most of most of Anthony Richardson, and I watched Will Levis as well. Um, they all talked about being in these meetings with these teams and what. They took what they learned in these in these meetings. You know, these meetings seem to be very two way. You yeah. know, uh, there, there's there, all four of the guys at some point or another, multiple points in their press conferences, talked about um, what they learned from those coaches and getting up on the board and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's um, and that's I think that's where the the coaches with the quarterbacks seem to enjoy the most um, or the scouts with the quarterbacks for one because a lot of times they're looking for actual answers about like hey why did you make this decision what was going on here and you know and, and they're looking for one you know actual knowledge and recall by the player but two I think a certain humility about it and being able to admit when they were wrong or when they made a mistake and talk about it um, and that's where you start to get a feel for okay like how does this guy think about the game of football and then also, yeah, I think the, I think I think more and more, because you just hear it talked about a lot. They they're looking for guys that are kind of curious and guys that want information and want to be coached. That's one thing Deshaun Watson has always been good at doing is just wanting to be coached. And and I think so. I think a lot of the I think the kids are coached into that too. I'm not saying it in a bad way or anything, but I think that they're they're coached by their agents. Like, hey, be sure you ask questions. Yeah. Be sure you try to you know get something out of these guys and you know put your best foot forward in that respect too. Yep. Um. Here was C.J. Stroud, QB two on a lot of boards. Um. He this was this quote got a lot of run. A lot of people like this. Some didn't. Um, but he says he's been the best player in the country the last couple of years. You can put on my film. I think I've been the best player in college football two years in a row, and I think I've consistently done that. Uh, and I think um, that I that honestly, I think I haven't even touched my touched my potential yet. I think that I have a lot more to to get better at, but I have a lot more to not only prove, not only to y'all, but to myself. And that's something that I plan to do because I honestly don't think that I even got close to anything in college yet. So I'm excited to see what I do in the NFL. There were people that were legit swayed by him declaring that he was the best player the last couple of years, which I you know I disagree. Um, I like his confidence. There was an article. We'll actually get to this later in the show, but just yeah. as a portion of this article, Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts, because let's face it, what the Colts, where the Colts are now, mindset wise, impacts the Texans. Um, 
He was very swayed by C.J. Stroud saying that, like, I thought Stroud showed better personality in his media session than Bryce Young, who was a little more passive in his. Uh, like Bryce uh, Young doesn't. In your interview, yeah. He doesn't like, need to declare he was the. He has a Heisman Trophy dude, to prove he was the best player in college football. You know who I've never once heard say that he was the best player in football is Pat Mahomes. Yeah. You know, like these guys. That's the part about C.J. Stroud, honestly. That yeah, I thought in his interview he showed. Like a a certain lack of deftness in just how to be bland and boring and without, well, still being bland and boring, you know, like pointing out Deshaun Watson is the player that he resembles or that he tries to look like, like he doesn't, I don't even care about the off field stuff. You're, you have a different game than Deshaun Watson completely and totally. So, uh, and then also, yeah, just to, you know, you know, dropping that he was the best player in college football. If that's your genuine personality, then so be it. But it didn't even feel like that's his genuine personality. It felt forced. Um, so, I, yeah, I, uh, there's very little a guy's going to do in a podium interview that's going to sway me one way or the other. If I had to, I would say of all those four quarterbacks, I just thought that Anthony Richardson had the best personality and like seemed like the most potentially – down to earth, charming, like leader, uh, uh, leader type of guy. Whereas Bryce Young seemed like a like a Johnny Unitas type of leader, like not necessarily you know over the top personality or anything, but just does everything the right way, and he's going to be respected by his peers um, because because of the way he presents himself. So I don't like I don't need to see charisma or anything. No. I just like seeing a confidence about him. Yeah, I, I was super impressed by Bryce Young. I was impressed enough by C.J. Stroud. I thought he did fine. I, I, yeah. I might have steered clear of mentioning Deshaun Watson's name in the in the media session, but I don't think that's going to cost him. In the, now, it may push the Texans off of him. <laughs> yeah, I know, well, people suggested maybe that's specifically what he's trying to do if yeah. he doesn't want to go to the Texans. Mulligetta playing a little chess right there, maybe. Who knows? Um, Seth, you're going to eat your words, buddy, pretty soon whenever yes. C.J. Stroud is winning games. And I want you to also say that on the radio when he puts his team on his back. And then it gets cut off. Um, I don't. Uh, first of all, he, he wrote this as said. My name is Seth. Uh, two. Uh, look, I never. I'm pretty open about when I've been wrong, especially when it comes to draft. Like honestly, if you're really arrogant and cocky about exactly what's going to happen in the draft, you've exposed how ignorant you are about the draft. Like uh, any level of arrogance about what a guy is going to become shows that you've never actually kept track of your own predictions yourself, or that you're just new to this because. If you've spent any time making predictions about players in the draft, and I don't care who you are, no matter how, uh, like, which, the best GMs ever in the NFL, you've been wrong a bunch. So, um, it's a, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly admit when I was wrong. I just said earlier in the show that I thought Josh Allen was too inaccurate to be drafted as high as he did. Never been accurate in his life. And now he's eternally dangerous because people will fool themselves into thinking that it's easier to do than it actually is. It's a, Very few guys actually improve their accuracy. Text like but that, yeah, I was wrong about Josh Allen 100%. Yeah, texts like that are funny to me because as you point out, like I think – you know, like, I, I think we as a station are pretty good about this, but I know our show, like, we, we always admit when we screw up a prediction. Like, I, my, I gamble. So you guys know what my predictions are when it comes yeah. to quantitative things like win totals and stuff. I can't run from that. The other thing is, and I think you kind of alluded to this, Seth, like, I would like nothing more than to be wrong about any of these quarterbacks who I'm saying I don't want for the Texans. Like, yeah. I, the, yeah. I, I can promise you, it, I'm not a huge CJ Stroud guy. I'm coming around on him. I'm not a big Anthony Richardson guy. I've come around less on him. I want Bryce Young. If they draft one of these other guys, I hope they win 13 games next year. You know, like I, I don't. Y'all, y'all overrate like how important it is for me and Seth to be right about stuff. Like that's, <laughs> that, that's just the bottom line. Well, I just, I just feel like it's one of the most annoying things about the draft to me is anybody get, like getting a sense of arrogance about their predictions in the draft. Like it really, like it's all a percentage gamble. Like you just gotta over time. It's like expecting to get to, to your uh, a a batter in baseball to be batting a thousand. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. If you're right 40% of the time, you're doing awesome. So like to, to casually say like, well, I know for a fact, this quarterback's going to be awesome. It's like, you're, you're just delusional. Yeah. You're not, you're lying to yourself. It just flat out doesn't work that way. Every single one of them has unknowns and uncertainties. Texans cut Justin Britt over the weekend. Um, I knew he was going to be awesome. And now he wasn't. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, what, what were we saying about Justin Britt? I think we were probably pretty accurate in our predictions for Justin Britt, who didn't play at all in 2020 because of a knee injury. And as it turns out, he got here, and guess what? His knees hurt. Um, played 11 games in 2021, 
played a game or two this season and then uh, left for personal reasons and on paper is still gone for personal reasons, just not under contract to the Texans anymore. We never found out what the personal reasons were, and uh, I don't feel a, 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 uh, a, a great desire to need to know. The big thing is two things, Seth. The Texans saved $3 million under the cap, so $3 million more in cap space has opened up. I think my second feeling with Justin Britt, I almost feel like he is like the poster child for the soft tank that the team implemented under David Culley for sure because they had no draft picks. Yeah. And to maybe a little lesser extent under Lovey Smith, I think they were trying a little harder with Lovey Smith just based on all the young guys they were playing. Justin Britt, who seemed like a great dude, probably had some real good leadership traits, played good football at one time in his career, but in the end, just way too banged up to play and, and probably past his prime to play good yeah, football for the Texans. I, I mean, I think the if you if you look back on the last couple of years, Casario's been pretty open about what the strategy has been without without saying that they're trying to lose or anything, but as far as their strategy in signing free agents, there have been a whole lot of one and two year deals to guys who go about their business the right way, but they're not they're not really genuinely good players in the hopes is that the young guys that they draft will have those journeyman types as their mentors and how to actually play in the NFL, how to prepare in the NFL. And, and frankly, just to try to create a situation where you don't have what the Rockets have seemingly had at times this year, where it's a rudderless ship and the young guys don't have anybody that's kind of showing them the right way to go about things. Yep. That's what they're trying to avoid. So it doesn't mean that that's going to be a recipe for winning but hopefully, you don't want to end up with, like, frankly, look, look at what the Browns have been. The Browns tanked pretty much openly. Um, and yeah. there's still there's still a ceiling keeping them from being a genuinely good football team. And you just wonder how much of it was just, you know, those years of being rudderless where your young guys aren't necessarily being taught the kinds of things that veteran players teach you. The example in the later stages is what the Astros did in 2016 after the 2016 season where they realized okay well we need a we need a Brian McCann we need a Carlos Beltran we need some guys that can come in and teach these younger guys how to go about their business that's what that's what Casario has been trying to do with lesser players than Brian McCann or Carlos Beltran um but they're not at that same stage in the process that the Astros were um yeah, that that's they're yeah they're they're a couple years away from that for sure. Um, text message trailer wheel and frame text page. Lot this draft talk is getting a lot of people moving, man. Uh, don't trade up. This is nine one two eight says this. Don't trade up. Don't trade back. Don't trade sideways. Don't get cute. Take best QB available at two and best player available at twelve. Problem solved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I well, and I do wonder too if the Texans aren't just thinking that about the quarterbacks because I like is. Do any of these quarterbacks stand out in their minds so far ahead of the other ones that they desperately need to get up to number one to draft them? Yeah. Um, or do they look at C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as having, you know, different types of drawbacks, but drawbacks nonetheless? Maybe they like Will Levis, or maybe they really love somehow the upside of Anthony Richardson. I could see it. I could see them all settling into being around the same area and knowing that it's a crapshoot and knowing that, look, you could you can work on – one strength with this guy, another strength with that guy, they might just be comfortable. Unless they're unless they're offered a really good deal by Chicago, who might Chicago might want to say, "All right, look, we'll trade down with the Texans to number two, and then we'll trade again with somebody else that's willing to to cough up a really big sum." And if anybody can do it, it's self-proclaimed innovator yes. Ryan Poles. Yes, the yeah uh, the Peter King's Football Morning in America column. Uh, today it's Peter King's long form column each week uh, that uh, that digs into all kinds of things from the NFL. And there's a ton of combine stuff in here, but one of the the lead is GM Ryan Poles, who's 37 years old. Of course, the Bears. He's the GM for the Bears. They have the first pick in the draft, and he said in this piece, "quote I believe in building something to sustain success for a long period of time. To me, that's got to be through the draft. This is just a chance to load up this team." With a bunch of opportunity and flexibility, it's time for this organization. The practice facility and offices were just built. The new president, Kevin Warren, comes in, and we think in the same innovative way, I think. Yeah. They, Ryan uh, Poles, innovator. You know what? I'm going to do something out of the box. Trade a draft pick. 
<laughs> well, thought of that I know, or stick with the quarterback that we have that showed promise in the second wow. year and that we want to stick a bunch <laughs> Who of knew? around. I know. <laughs> yeah. We think in the same innovative way. Uh, Ryan Poles also says that he's been blessed with an ability to read people mm. and he understands and can feel and sense that, that, that people want these quarterbacks. They want and need to trade up for these quarterbacks. So um, I don't know. The, there have been reports that the Bears would like to get this done before free agency begins. I Polls doesn't say it quite like that. Polls just you know talks about the different windows of opportunity that they might have for it. But he's convinced that they'll get a at least a first rounder from 2024 and a first rounder from 2025. Yeah, here yeah, here's what Peter King says. He said Poles said he's had enough conversations about a deal to know in swapping first round picks this year he can get quote a 24-1 and a 25-1 in a yeah. major package for a trade. Now that that would not be the Texans. I I don't think the Texans should have to give up a one at all moving up from yeah. 2 to 1. He says no one's going to rush me. I know I can get a 24-1 and a 25-1. You're telling me for the next two years I'll have two ones? That's either four really good players or, if we're cruising, we can still trade back. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Paul's feeling feeling himself right now uh, that he that he went and got out. He he, he earned that number one overall pick. <laughs> uh, so now, with his innovative ways um, and his ability to read people, they're cruising, buddy. They'll be fine. Um. Speaking of that, though, trading trading around in the first round, back to this text from this uh, listener, 9128, who says, don't trade up, don't trade back, stay at 2, stay at 12. Take QB at 2, take best player available at 12. That's what most of the mock drafts have the Texans doing, in, in large part because most mock drafts, at least at this stage, don't factor in trades. They just leave the teams in their slots and kind of go through things and whatnot. Um I think, Seth, them staying at 2 and staying at 12, if I had to, if I had to handicap it, you know, and just two choices: Do they stay with those picks, or do they end up moving at least one of those picks up or back, any direction? I would say the underdog is them picking at two and twelve. I, I think they're going to move off of one of those two, if not both. I think that's just Nick Casario's nature. I think twelve is more likely. I think they're more likely to trade back from twelve, yeah. like they did last year with Kenyon Green. You know, they had the thirteenth pick and they moved back to fifteen because theoretically there were three players there that they liked enough at thirteen to take one at 15 and get a couple extra swings at the plate on day three. I think there's a better chance the Texans move back from 12 like they did last year and that there's a gaggle of players there that they really like at 12 um, than them moving up from two to one to take a quarterback. That's my my educated prediction right there. Uh, Honestly, I don't know, maybe... I, I just, if anything, the combine to me made me feel a lot better about the Texans possibly not taking a quarterback at all. Um, I'm not going to be swayed by guys throwing against air uh, ever. <laughs> like, I don't, like, ever, ever. If anything, it's true. How many times did you need to see circus throws from Zach Wilson at his pro day and now look at where you are now to, to realize that, okay, Dude. a guy throwing against air, you might as well throw me a bunch of, bunch of 12th graders out there throwing against air, and I'll, I'll talk myself into how awesome they could be in the NFL. That Jets situation is just weird. Like, yeah. they're openly they, – you know, like, when, when it was time for the Cardinals to punt on their quarterback situation, they just got rid of Josh Rosen. You know, when some of these teams that get rid of young quarterbacks because they realize a year or two in they're not the guy, they just get rid of them. They are going to have the Jets in all likelihood, either Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr as their quarterback next year. Carr just met with the Jets for a second time. They're reportedly the reports out of New York are that they're waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. And it looks like it's either the Jets or he's going back to the Packers because the Raiders have pulled out. The Titans are saying that they're sticking with Tannehill. These things can all change and it may all be smoke. But as far as Zach Wilson goes, whoever their veteran starter is going to be, he's going to be the backup. Like, that's just weird to me. (laughs) Like, you use the number two overall pick on him. He's clearly not the guy because you're fishing around. You're about to trade draft capital to pay Aaron Rodgers nearly sixty million dollars. Like that's your that is your desired solution, and you're keeping Zach Wilson on the roster. I guess I don't know, so he can watch Aaron Rodgers go about his business somehow, and that's going to make him better. I have no idea. Yeah. The Wilson thing's just. I'm not saying they should cut him. It just has such a weird vibe that your starter's going to be potentially Aaron Rodgers, and his backup is going to be the guy you used the number two overall pick on, who's not yet proven he can play in the NFL. Yeah. I feel like they almost yeah. need to bring in one more quarterback. Like I, I feel like having. I feel like having Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr 
one bad hit away from having Zach Wilson in there kind of scuttles things. Like, I'd bring back Joe Flacco before I'd well, let Zach Wilson be my backup. So the buzz at the Combine, according to Peter King, was that there doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz about Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr. Um, Aaron Rodgers, it seems like people are like at least trying to give the perception of dropping out of that race at a breakneck speed. Um, is there a chance... Who's going to go unsigned the longest or untraded? Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, or Lamar Jackson? Because Lamar Jackson will probably have the franchise tag put on him sometime in the next week. Can I – of those of those three uh, – oh, Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson plays for the Ravens next year. I've, I've – like I – you know, when you say unsigned or untraded, you mean by yeah. another team. That yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, Lamar ja- I think Lamar Jackson starts week one for the Baltimore Ravens next year under the franchise okay. tag. Yeah. So he goes the longest. And then what about uh, Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Ro- it almost feels like with the Jets that the Rodgers situation needs to be resolved before they'll do anything with Derek Carr. Yeah. So I'm going to say I'm going to say that Aaron Rodgers announces he's coming back to play football, but there's still mystery over where that is. And I think Derek Carr just punts on the job. I'll say Derek Carr is the first of those two to find a new home. Uh, yeah. uh, because I, I think Derek Carr may reach a point where he just looks over at the NFC South and says, look, whatever team I go to, if I go to the Jets, I'm dealing with the New York media, I'm dealing with the Buffalo Bills, I'm dealing with two other pretty good teams in that division in Miami and New England, like solid teams. Um, If I go to Carolina, I become the immediate favorite to win our division, and I'm doing it in Charlotte, where I can can be pissed off all the time in Charlotte. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to say anything. Who was it? Uh, oh, Ippolito, our, our listener, said that he can't hear Derek Carr's name without thinking of that drop anymore. Sammy, <laughs> I was at the rodeo last night with my son. Yeah. He said he and all his buddies yeah. are walking around like like what, that's their th- that's their go to thing pissed now. Off. Is is the Derek Carr pissed off? I'm just pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they keep walking up to one of Sammy's buddy's dads, like who it's like is not into sports to the point where he knows what the hell it is they're talking about. But they're like yeah. at a cookout or something last week or a wedding. They were at a wedding, and Sammy's roommate's dad was there, and they kept walking up to him and putting their arm around him. He's like, "Mr. Barles, I don't mean to get emotional. I'm just pissed off." And he's like, "Why do you keep doing this? What is this?" <laughs> I wonder. I think Aaron Rodgers is most likely to be out of football next year. He might just go ahead and retire. He might. I don't know. It's a lot of money to walk away from. Yeah, but he's got... Uh, $58 million. Got I don't care how much you have. He's $58 million. He's got different perspectives now. He's, sure uh, he he's on a different journey, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, sw- I swear, those guys in Green Bay got to go do an ayahuasca trip in South America and and so they can get on the same level and have a conversation with Aaron Rodgers. They might all, they might end up being a, a shining beacon of love and happiness if mm-hmm. they would just if they I I feel like everybody's too entrenched up there. The Rodgers and then Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst from the front office are just uh, they, there's too many grudges there that they can't they can't get past. The first step, the olive branch would be an olive branch coated in ayahuasca that they suck down and go and, and, and trip on. That would be fun. <laughs> Bring a camera. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, the Astros. Let's circle back to the Astros. Seth and I were at spring training last week. I think maybe the biggest thing the Astros have going for them as an organization as they keep this title window open is really ironic when you think of the age of analytics that we live in right now. And it was highlighted by Jose Abreu. We'll tell you what that is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. There was a really good article in the Chicago Sun-Times about uh, Jose Abreu, the one of the newest Houston Astros, and um, man, it's fun to look at this lineup in spring training and see Jose Abreu's bat right in the middle of it. I mean, it's we love Yuli, but that is such a massive upgrade offensively over what they got out of that position in 2022. Um, and, and, and a good defender, too. Yeah. I think it's underrated as um, his defense. He's a big dude. He's huge. <laughs> he yeah. out in baseball We saw him in the clubhouse. He's a giant of a man. Um, he, uh, he felt... Wait for it, Seth. He felt disrespected oh, by the White yeah. Sox. We like, offer to him. We like disrespect. Yes, somebody with a somebody with an axe to grind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, they wanted to. White Sox wanted to clear the way for Andrew Vaughn, who's sort of a hot shot young player at first base. So they gave Jose Abreu what they thought was a respectable offer. Uh, he disagreed, so he's now a Houston Astro. Thankful. We're thankful for that. Sounds a little like a maybe a Correa Pena situation. Maybe souped down a little bit from that. Like hey, we got Jeremy Pena waiting in the wings, so I know you want a ten-year deal. We'll give you five, you know. And Carlos said, "No, I'm going to go get ten. And he winds up with six. Um, so, anyways, uh, Jose Abreu felt disrespected by the White Sox. So he's got a little chip mm. on his shoulder. He says that Abreu, or Abreu says that the 2022 White Sox, and this is really making the rounds up in Chicago, were quote they weren't a real family. Uh, like their clubhouse was very fractured and it, it felt like the maybe the leadership, maybe this is symptomatic. We know that the leadership they were getting for most of last season until they fired him was from Tony La Russa. And I don't know yeah. where Tony La Russa's personal demons are these days, but I do know that when the patriarch of a family can have issues, that that oh. can trickle down to the, to the clubhouse. Right? Maybe. Okay, Mr. Larissa, at this time, I ask you to turn around, put your hands behind your back for me, okay? Okay, now to be fair, that was over a decade ago. That, that didn't was, happen. <laughs> that didn't happen last that's, week or anything. That's. Uh, I think it was more like him kind of openly defying the wishes of the clubhouse uh, or maybe, <laughs> like maybe. Uh, the selling out players and disputes with other teams, yeah. uh, arguing with them about the unwritten rules of baseball, that Understood. kind of stuff. I, I just yeah. caveating, and I, I don't know where he's at with all that. So, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably more baseball stuff than – in the you know something aligned with what we just played right there. Well, but or well, no, but it is. It kind of speaks to his personality and yeah. how it was. I don't know. In in some ways, it felt like he was. It, in some ways, it felt like Larusa was more like a a, a, a Gen Zer than uh, than a, a Greatest Generation type of guy because he would like he didn't have his players' backs at times. No. He did all this stuff that felt like he was kind of in business for himself. He was an insult to other people his age. Really, he did. He felt decidedly non-old school. Yes. Not to mention, you still blame him for modern pitching tactics. I don't do. You? I do. Yeah. yeah, he was the first manager that I can remember that would bring in like four pitchers in one inning. Like, come on, dude, I got places yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's hijacking the old school mentality or like pretending that he is. What is stolen glory? Yeah, he's got stolen glory for his age group because he doesn't actually act like he's in his age group. No, he, yeah. You know, he's, he's other like, than the cavalier attitude about driving while drunk. Right. You know, back in the 50s, it was like, pick up the kids from school with a martini in your hand. Like, jump on in the front seat, kids. Those were the days. <laughs> Get your heads right up against the windshield. Help me yeah. look out for stuff. My vision's kind of blurry. Right, right, right. Yeah, take that seatbelt off. You're not going to be able to see things if you have you, a seatbelt You won't off. be able to escape. You want to be thrown clear if I crash us into yes. a ditch, which I most certainly will right. in this old Studebaker. Uh, <laughs> this Edsel. Uh, Jose. Isaiah Abreu says, Seth, the Astros, 
They are real family. This is the uh, they, this is the the clubhouse atmosphere with the Astros, and we've heard this. Like we've heard this. Like it's been the same, largely the same core of players in sort of a free flowing fashion. There's only a few guys left from 2017, but you know, guys come here and they stay here for at least a few years, and they're part of a lot of success. And I think they do. This is the ironic part. I think the fear when. Jeff Luna was the GM, was it chemistry would be damned. You know, like chemistry yeah. would be ignored. They're running by the numbers. That was always the criticism of the Rockets with Daryl Morey. And I think Morey was much more that way as far as like chemistry and personal alignment went in terms of ignoring it than Jeff Luno. I think the Astros did a masterful job of finding the right guys. Um, I think it helped that the guys he inherited from the previous GM that were already in the yeah. system were guys like Keichel and Springer and Altuve that were – that were you know good leadership personality guys, but that's the irony maybe in all this is that the most analytically driven organization they've had books written about the analytics in the Astros yes. is that the thing that I think is the glue that extends this window for them so often and will continue to is the chemistry in the clubhouse. Well, that's when the um, like uh, like World Series champion outfielder Trey Mancini would tell you, Sean, uh, that was. <laughs> That was one of the biggest things about, like, honestly, Trey Mancini, uh, Trey Mancini couldn't have come to a better place and been an incredible disappointment because, uh, like, the the clubhouse is just so, uh, just so strong there. And, like, it's just so universally lauded by guys that come to the team and talk about how they've never quite seen anything like it in Major League Baseball. That's been the really amazing thing that 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 attitude is pre, you know, is consistently been the same since 2017 um and really i mean a lot of that goes back to george springer and club astros so really since 2015 when it all got started i if you if you had to ask me like what was the least likely thing to occur over the next eight years back in 2015 it would be that like oh wow this clubhouse like these guys actually seem to genuinely really care about each other um especially after all these various World Series and guys leaving the team and and everything else like that's that's a testament to uh, the you know a few of the key players on the team and then also frankly like Luno Luno identified or at least I guess it's one of the nice byproducts it's that modern analytics does tend to reward unselfishness um, and kind of yeah. it, it, like it, it, it turns out more and more that a lot of the old school values about the way you should play the game and all of that are actually reflected in the analytics. And that's why like the, a lot of the old school dudes should probably like analytics more than they think they do because it does select for just genuinely solid dudes for the most part. It quantifies better overall players, I think, than just batting yeah. average and, and, and uh, slugging percentage and things like that for sure. Um, so yeah, like I, I, and I think too, I mean the, you know, you go through a scandal together <laughs> like the Astros did, you know, and, and you're, it's you against the world. That can be a unifying thing as well. It's not ideal. Obviously uh, it's not how you'd want your team to be unified, but it's, I think it's just a function of adversity like that. Um, so, uh, Astro fans be happy. Jose Abreu loving his new, uh, loving his new place of business. Um, I got to pull. I didn't see that this was a podcast. I thought it was just a tweet. I'll have to pull the audio on this. Did you see Carlos Correa? I know you can appreciate this. He's stat nerd. Uh, Carlos Correa was asked what stat sites he looks at in the morning by uh, yeah. Tim Kirkchin and Buster Olney. Uh, baseball Reference, Fangraphs, Savant Tips, and Fielding Bible. That is his. Uh, that's what his morning paper looks. His morning bookmarks. Seth. He goes and well, yeah, checks so, it out. Savant- Savant tips is from I think uh, from baseball savant. It's stuff yeah. that they put out there. That was the one that was interesting to me because um, Fangraphs and um, Baseball Reference are kind of the old original, the the two different types of war and all that stuff. But uh, Baseball Savant is MLB's advanced stats website that does really cool graphics and everything. But they also give out some pretty juicy tidbits on pitchers. About like the shapes of their pitchers and exactly like the strength, the, the shapes of their pitches, the strength of uh, their their various pitches and their arsenal and all that. Where that looks like actual like information that Correa is getting from the league to scout out other players. Yeah, so that part was that part's really interesting. Like he probably figures, okay, I'm just soak that in and kind of take mental notes or write down notes about various pitchers. And uh, it, it's he's. He's definitely won over a lot of the stat nerds ever since he started going on the broadcast in the postseason and talking about this kind of stuff. 
it's a it's a little bit of a of a grass an effective grassroots play at getting baseball insiders on his side, I, it, and it, I, I don't think that's why he's doing it. I think he naturally like he realized a long time ago that the this is the way of the this is the way guys get paid now, and this is the way how you're actually evaluated. But it's got the benefit of the side product being like, oh, all these other stat nerds love him now. I'd love to call Carlos a fraud by listing these websites yeah. and say that he's a phony. Like I think Carlos Correa legitimately loves these advanced stat sites. I think he yeah. is I think he's a nerd. Like I think he's a stat nerd. He's he, I think he loves this stuff. I think he's like me. It's like he started off skeptical and then the more he started diving into it, especially yeah. baseball savant. They're uh they're like the Joe Camel of advanced stats in this regard. Lots of cartoons. So uh just like Joe Camel was, you know, pulling the kids into smoking with his cool big phallic cartoon nose. Yeah. Uh, likewise the phallic cartoon nose of baseball is baseballsavant.com. And, uh, and they, they got me. They, hooked, they got me into their white van. They did. Drove me off into a park somewhere. Because I'm all in, baby. Stat, it's, it's good stuff. Stat nerd Seth was a work. It was a gimmick. And now it's, uh, it, <laughs> he's, he's embraced the gimmick. He's living his gimmick now. The other thing that Carlos and I are alike in was a couple years ago. Remember when Carlos would, you know, maybe once every other week talk about how nobody cares about batting average anymore and it's all about OPS and, and, and whatnot. Well, meanwhile, Yuli Gurriel was you know, actively going for the, <laughs> the batting, batting title, title yeah. which is based on batting average. Yeah. Uh, I could totally see myself sticking my foot in my mouth that way. <laughs> Except that, like, I feel like I at one point would realize it. Where the, I, I don't know if Carlos ever realized, like, oh, oh. wow, I'm kind of – uh, Yuli's going to get a nice trophy out of this, and I'm basically peeing on the trophy. Pretty much. By talking about how nobody cares about batting average Pretty anymore. Pretty much, yeah. Enjoy your insignificant title, Yuli. Hope you enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to uh, – let's circle back to the draft. The What the Colts are deciding to do here with their fourth overall pick, trade up, stay put, use it, whatever, is is almost as important to the Texans as what they do at number two. The Colts are inextricably linked to the Texans right now. A Colts insider tries to piece together what he thinks the Colts are going to do in the draft based on the combine this past week. And some interesting stuff here. Stay put. We'll get to that next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. And I know this is coming up because I know all the speculation out there. One, to move up, you there's got to be a guy worthy of it, okay? I know everybody in, in America is going to say, like, this is what's great right now. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. And but that's going to be the narrative, and that's okay. Y'all got to write something. You got to keep the news flowing. So, but I don't necessarily know if that's the I don't know if that's the the right course of business. If when we meet as a staff and we say, okay, 
this is what we need to do. This is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years, and we think he's the right guy. Sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? All right, that was Chris Ballard, Colts GM, at the Combine last week, talking about the mentality that he has in looking at a draft where a lot of people are – a lot of people are saying he should move up from 4-1 to one to take the quarterback of his choice. Zach Kiefer covers the Colts for The Athletic and did a really good piece this weekend, I thought, where he kind of went process of elimination with the top quarterbacks, and he really boils it down to Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud and how, how Chris Ballard could be looking at these guys. I think the other thing we need to preface this conversation with, Seth, is Ballard was asked to follow up, like, what would that guy need to look like in order to be a guy you're going to give up valuable draft capital to move up from four to one to go get that we were just convicted that this is no freaking doubt the guy okay and now now i mean i think it's worth pointing out it feels like all three of these prospects as of right now maybe don't fit that description you know at least not how i envision no freaking i picture like trevor lawrence was one of those no freaking doubt the guy andrew luck was a no freaking doubt the guy these these quarterbacks while all have a chance of being really, really good at the NFL level, Young, Richardson, and Stroud, they've all got they've all got holes in their game, at least perceived holes right now. So here's what Kiefer does, Seth. He starts with Richardson, and he says this. He says, let's start here. Ballard is not a GM who can afford to get this wrong. He survived three coaching changes in six years, including Jeff Saturday's interim stint. I wouldn't put that on his ticket, but okay. Um, it's unlikely on top of all that he'd survive whiffing on the most consequential draft pick of his tenure. He needs to get this right, and the payoff needs to come sooner rather than later. It's hard to see a risk-averse GM rolling the dice on a prospect that would require several years to develop and has a tantalizingly high ceiling but a dangerously low floor. For that reason, Anthony Richardson feels like a long shot for the Colts. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think that... I don't think there's any part of Ballard that feels like, oh, yeah, I got a good two or three years here to make this thing work. Right. And uh, if, if Richardson takes a while, we'll just bring in an old veteran guy. We're good at that by now and see how it goes after there. So I just, yeah, um, I'd, I'd be very, very skeptical that that's Richardson. The other the, thing, the play. yeah, I agree with you. The, the other thing that Kiefer brought up, and, and you said this during the break, and I agree with you on this is I'm surprised this didn't get a little more run. This quote from Anthony Richardson didn't get a little more run uh, this weekend. Yeah. He, he was asked about his accuracy issues at Florida, and here's what Richardson had to say. I can definitely get better at delivering the ball and helping my guys out, you know, but I can also catch every pass. You know, uh, If I could, I, I would definitely. But you know, it's it just helping guys out and, and helping guys help me. You know, um, My completion percentage, you know, some people say it's not great. You know, I don't think it's great either, but you know, it's just growing as a quarterback. You know, not every year is going to be your best year. You know, and I definitely learned a lot from last season. Okay, yeah, I mean, I mean it. It sounds it sounds a little bit like the classic Giselle, right? My my husband cannot throw the ball and catch the ball to himself. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Giselle the kind of quarterback you want? Her <laughs> no. attitude? God no. She's not a team player. She's all about me, me, me. Now, yeah. one of the I, I will say this: like one of the excuses that the Richardson apologists or supporters have made for him is that his receiving core was not good at Florida. Right, this year. right. Yeah. Um, him pointing that out, though, and it, it, for purposes of this conversation, it's really we're just looking at it through Chris Ballard's prism. Again, because the Colts pick is almost as imp- what the Colts do at four is going to affect the Texans at two, and it's going to affect the Texans for the next 10 years because they play them twice a year. Apparently, Ballard, they, a lot of people who follow the Colts and are close to the team feel like that's a quote. It's a gotcha quote for Chris Ballard. Like, okay, not into that lack of accountability. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't – that that was curious the way – I and I was trying to figure out with Richardson without overanalyzing it. Like, it was a curious way to phrase it and just kind of move on past it um, to where it almost felt like – if he had been coached to say it, I'd almost be more forgiving. I'd want him to fire his agent. But I'd be, but it, it, it more felt like he was trying to get a point across without getting a point across, which feels even worse than just flat out saying like, "Hey, look, you know what? We, my, I guess the diplomatic way to say that is, you know, there were times where I think the receivers and I weren't on the same page, and that's my fault. I as a quarterback, I yeah. got to figure out a way to to do that. I learned some valuable lessons this year uh, in in how to do that, but." Yeah, just flat out saying I, I can't catch the balls. It wasn't. It wasn't like that's the only reason for the uh, like the inability to 
to throw to wide-open screen targets at times or to miss wide-open guys downfield. He definitely has some weird mechanical hitches and flaws in his footwork that he's got to get ironed out. The thing to I do... Got, you know what? And yeah. honestly, I wish I would have heard him speak with a little bit more detail about yeah. that. Yeah. Like saying, like, hey, some people say I've got... Some people say I've got some accuracy issues. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that's your... No, you're, no, some people say my completion percentage is too low. Right. That's not even... No matter what the reason is. Yes, it's way too low. Right too like, low. that's unacceptable when you get to the NFL. Yeah. So, like, for him to say some people say that and then to catch himself and say, well, like, oh, well, you know, but I believe it's too low, too. Yeah, I don't. It does make me question just how much ownership he takes in it. He should have just left the receivers out of it. That, that would have been the thing to do. Like, there, there was an easy answer. Just don't bring them into the conversation. Okay, so on to the next. Ballard, Zach Kiefer points this out. So, Richardson, in Kiefer's mind, he's out. What about Bryce Young? Well, he points out. Zach Kiefer, insider for the Colts, writes for The Athletic, that Ballard has been very unwilling to bet on smaller players. He li- he's he got prototypes, Ballard does, size-wise, for all the positions, which means Young would have to be super exceptional. You know, no freaking doubt the guy. Um, so Ballard's fetish for size uh, is uh, is something Kiefer thinks would Young would have to be off the charts at everything else for Ballard to maybe even take him, let alone trade draft capital, to move up to go get him at one. Yeah, and I do think, too, that um, ironically enough, even though Ursay's quarterbacks who have had health issues have been big strapping dudes, I feel like that'll that'll scare Ursay off of uh, a little not-so-strapping dude because he'll, he'll worry that much more that it will end the same way. And, you know, Manning, it's it's weird because Manning had his neck issue, but it wasn't like he was a perpetual injury issue or something. Yeah. He had Manning is a really weird case if you think about the history of Manning. Very, very, very healthy and consistent, except the one injury he had was like in a, a monstrous, yeah. career-threatening, we're not even sure if this guy can play again yep. type of injury. Yep. Um, and then Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck just let himself take too much abuse. Yeah. He just couldn't. He just liked getting hit too much. Uh, Kiefer thinks that it's C.J. Stroud that fits the bill for the Colts, especially because of how well coached he's been, going all the way back to high school. Um, he's been groomed for this. How accurate he is. Ballard's going to like that. Kiefer said. Kiefer said that Stroud showed more presence in his media session than Bryce Young. Uh, I disagree with that. I you know I I you know I didn't think Bryce Young was up there bebopping and scotting and sh- you know he. Bryce Young showed the appropriate amount of charisma for me that I need out of my quarterback. I thought he did fine. Um, but the one thing it says about Bryce Young in here that if I think will excite most Texan fans, because I feel like, Seth, most Texan fans want Bryce Young. That seem, Anytime we put up a poll about anything having to do with the draft, Bryce Young wins in a, in a runaway. Maybe we need to do this post-combine and see if people feel the same. But the quote in this article, the league-wide understanding is that the Texans have their eyes set on the Alabama Heisman winner. So that's that apparently was the buzz going around Indy this week. Yeah. And I've kind of heard some of that too that the that it's you know Bryce Young is the guy for the Texans right now. Yeah. Um and that makes sense. I it does make sense that they would like him. I think they're going to be nervous about his size. Mm-hmm. I I wonder though too. I mean, if you're going to get a rookie quarterback at all, regardless of whether he's a a small one or not, I I really need to see him bolster the receiving core, um including the tight ends somehow. Like I just you're you're setting him up for a disappointing rookie year if you don't have somebody special in the receiving core or, or the tight end, uh, you know, at the tight end position. So, um, which certainly they have enough time to do all of that. Yep. Somebody, um, one of our listeners has an issue uh, with the way we're criticizing the podium responses. He said, these are kids who have never been in a situation where they were being scrutinized to this point. Scrutinized to this point. Sheesh. I said, for one, what are you talking uh, about? have you watched SEC football? And two, <laughs> um, two, this is the thing. We are we're talking about going number one overall in the draft. Yeah. The expectations are higher. There's nothing I tire of more than people saying like, "Hey, he's just a kid. Yeah. Leave him alone." You're about to give the kid fifty million dollars guaranteed. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. Oh well, gosh, is he ready for an internship at uh, Hewlett Packard or yeah. not? I don't know. Give him a break. He's a kid. No, no. Yeah, it's a higher expectation. It's a higher standard. So yeah, 
There are a lot of things that would seem unfair uh, if you were judging any other 22-year-old by the same standard, but this is talking about going number one overall in the draft. I don't understand how that all of a sudden got to be some simple like, hey, uh, let me give you a hug seven times before you leave for the morning. No. Call me if you got any trouble, buddy, okay? Yeah, yeah, was, no. your coach, was your coach mean to you today? Dude. I'm going to go talk to the principal. Dude, it, yeah, it's not a book report, man. Like, this is the NFL. Like, what are you talking about? He's, he, he has trouble getting up in front of people and doing public speaking. Like, okay. Well, he better get good at it. He's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Monday. We head into the 9 o'clock hour. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, bold moves for NFL teams indicate that the Browns' first-round picks from the Deshaun Watson trade and really just the Deshaun Watson contract overall is just the gift that keeps on giving. We will tell you why next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.